top half last time, bottom half this time. Nope, Bill and I are not getting body waxes. This is the draft. This is Adam. I'll bring you into the recording that we had with Bill in a little bit, but just to explain what's going on, if this is the first one you're listening to, this is the second half of a draft on top 10 pro wrestlers to start an organization with. So if you're cool with just jumping in halfway through, that's all right. We'll recap at the end. But if if you want to catch the first part of this, Go ahead and listen to 8A, and you'll get the whole draft between that one and this one. You'll also get to hear me screw up my 10th pick and steal that same 10th pick from Bill. So, there's a lot coming. Glad you joined us. And here we go with the bottom half of the top 10 wrestlers to start an organization with. My sixth pick is... The the common denominator between my guys seems to be ring work of some sort. Each one of these guys can work really well. Now, I know there's some debate on Rob Van Dam, but Rob has a different style and can do that really, really well. This guy is known as one of the best workers of all time. This guy was a smaller guy, but he was just an amazing wrestler. Like you were saying with Jake, he was a, he was a break a guy down with purpose kind of a wrestler. He was, he was trained famously in Canada, with good reason. He was from Canada. And despite how I didn't like him for years, before I finally grew to respect him, in part because of his work and in part because he stopped being so whiny all the time. But you know, if you're going to have a focus on ring work, You've got to have Bret Hart. Mm, yep. He was one of the first names I wrote down. Mm. But then as I started going through stuff, I just kept on finding people that I wanted more. Yep. But you're right. He, if you're going to go, if ring work is going to be one of your top criteria, mm-hmm. well, then the excellence of execution <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he has to be there. Yeah. Because yeah. no matter what you think about Bret Hart, and, and he, again, not a great promo guy in my book. I agree. At all. Nope. Not not a little, not even a little bit. If he came out and started talking, it was time to find uh, something else to watch for a few minutes. Yeah. But, uh, but man, did he bring it into the ring? Absolutely. Just amazing intensity without... I mean, Shawn Michaels is is flying all over the place, and Brett is just staying as close to the ground as possible, and yet it was just amazing to watch them go an hour plus. Right. And, yeah, the the way Brett Hart not only would sell, Mm -hmm. but but Brett Hart sold his moves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when he was punching guys... Mm -hmm. Bret Hart, I think, was one of the best at making his punches look like they were actually, like he was throwing them with bad intentions. Uh-huh. He was just phenomenal at that. Well, to of, hear other people talk about him, it's because he was legitimately punching them. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a lot of those guys that were trained by his dad were like that. Yep. A lot of them were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but just the way he did it. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, Chris Jericho works stiff too, but he doesn't throw punches like Bret Hart. Right, Un- unless he's hitting Shawn Michaels' wife, and then he just totally clocks her. Oh, right, then then it's uh, the best punch he's ever thrown in his life. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was just the worst. That was it terrible. Was. It was horrible. I felt so bad for Jericho. It was. 
Because you know if he did not If there was any time where you would say, okay, you know what? This this is going to be the time I'm going to throw the worst punch I've ever thrown. That's right. You know, I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to miss. Yeah. Just, just straight up make this look terrible. It's okay. Everyone will forgive me and they'll blame it on her. Right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just blast her in the face. Let's see if I can make my fist come out her other cheek. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. But, but yeah, I mean, you, you knew when you saw Bret Hart wrestle that you were going to see a quality match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you knew you were going to see something special all the time, but you knew you were going to see a quality match. Mm-hmm. It was it was going to be three stars or better. Yeah. But he, he had to be in there with somebody phenomenal to have a five-star match. Absolutely true. And that's why I feel comfortable taking him on this roster. Right. Well, I'd feel comfortable putting him with, on my roster. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But uh, but he had to have somebody phenomenal to be phenomenal with. Bret, yeah. Bret Hart wasn't the guy that was going to make somebody else look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's true. But he, could, but he could have a phenomenal match with somebody else who was phenomenal. Yeah, or even pretty good. Right. You didn't, right. You didn't want him... You know, doing an extended match with Dr. Isaac Yankum. But right. if you go with the other brother of destruction, you're going to get something you want to watch. And, I mean, he was part of the greatest double turn in yeah. the history of wrestling. Absolutely. Yep. With him and Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, again, because of his personality mm-hmm. and his style, yep. it had to be those two. Yeah, it worked very well. It had to be both of them. Yeah, absolutely. It, it had to be those two guys. It, it couldn't have been Brett and Shawn Michaels. Right. Nope. It had to be Brett and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And, yeah. It and was they the right time for it. I mean, I think, yeah. I think there are certain times it could have worked with, uh, with Brett and someone else. But that time... That was perfect casting. And and I think Bret Hart was the right guy to have that happen with Steve. Right. So, number six. Number six. I'm going to go with a guy. Again, this is going a bit more old school. Okay. But here's a guy that I watched. Now, this is even going back uh, a number of years. But I watched him wrestle. He must have been in his late 50s. Hmm. And he put on a clinic. He was he was in like a six man tag, or no, it might have even been like a a ten man tag. Okay. Because I remember a whole slew of guys at ringside, and he put on a clinic. Hmm. He he just raised the bar for all these young punks, and he <laughs> said, "Here I am, and look at me go at my age." This is how you do it. Uh, he's he's a guy that uh, at one point was one half of what was considered uh, the greatest match ever. Hmm. Un- until Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and and really, in a lot of people's book, stole the show at the WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They put that match on. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the biggest WrestleManias ever. Yeah. But it's a guy that uh, could could go, could wrestle forever. Uh-huh. And, but, again, had an interesting skill set and, and just an amazing intensity. And could, could about breathe, him. breathe fire, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the WWE did to some really great wrestlers... <laughs> was just horrendous. <laughs> like, like, like the wrestling wasn't going to be good enough. You know, right. they did it to Roberts yep. and they did it and they did it to this guy. Mm-hmm. It, it's Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat is who I should have taken before I took Bret Hart. As far as a guy <laughs> who can work an incredible match, but you don't want to give him the microphone for very long. Right. He he does everything I liked about Bret Hart better. He's he's probably a better sixth pick than what I had. Even man, when he came back and 
and wrestled Jericho at that WrestleMania. It was him and some other legends, but it was really about him. Right. And I did that garbage with Mickey Rourke where I, again, felt bad for Jericho. That must be the theme of this this episode. <laughs> but where Jericho had to just sell that he was standing there waiting to be really poorly punched. Oh, it was it was terrible. But anyway, <laughs> Steamboat could still go. Exactly. It was awesome. And it so, was. And they let him go for another uh, month or something like that on, on Raw because he got such a great reaction, and deservedly so. And if he's that good at, I don't know, 58 or whatever he was, then <laughs> how amazing was he at 25 and 30? Exactly. It's a great and, uh, You know, this is a guy that Rick Flair did. We're going where we're going six every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing, is if people are raving about a draw, something was impressive. Exactly. Exactly. It's not, the, it's not the amazing finish, which is what they bank on a lot in wrestling nowadays. It was legitimate bell-to-bell stuff that drew them to that match, because you weren't like, yay, no one won! He never won a heel at any point in his career. Yeah, yeah, he was a face the whole time. Yep. One of the few that so, pulled that off. Yeah, that's 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 a really, really strong pick. I like that one a lot. I am going to go modern for this pick. And, you know, I suppose you could kind of consider Van Damme modern, but I'm not taking this version of Van Damme. <laughs> right. But this guy, I would take this version of. He's He's wrestling in the WWE now. He's become a bigger deal. But I was a fan of his even when he was, you know, winning matches against guys that you knew were going to lose. Because this guy did all of the little details right. I mean, all of his stuff had extra snap. There was there was precision with how he did every move. All of his all of his movements in the ring, all of his mannerisms, again, had purpose. And still do. Even the way he sets up his finisher now by cracking his neck is it's letting you know who this guy is, what he's about. And what I loved about him is when he would pin a guy, you could tell he was putting genuine effort into making it look like he was trying to actually hold the guy down. And when he would kick out, he would make sure his shoulder blade got off the mat. So many guys are so lazy about that nowadays. This guy isn't. And he's he's pretty fun on the microphone. His facial expressions are gold. But Bell to Bell absolutely shines. I think he's one of the best workers in wrestling today. Cesaro. Yeah, it's uh, this guy is amazing. I remember watching him in Ring of Honor. Yep. Claudio, and, uh, I still want to call him that. Right. But, uh, yeah, he is, he's that next wave of talent. Yeah. That's going to carry WWE forward. Mm -hmm. And he just needs to kind of build some momentum Mm -hmm. and, uh, get, uh, get over just a little bit more. He's, he's pretty over. I mean, he, he won that battle Royal at WrestleMania that Andre the Giant one. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, the, the, oh my goodness. Uh, Walking around with the big show. The guy's insane how strong he is for his size even. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, he doesn't, you look at John Cena yep. and you can tell how powerful John Cena is. Right. When you, when you look at Cesaro, you don't think he should be that powerful. Right. It's amazing. And he is. It's shocking how, how powerful he is. And, and, and like you say, he's he's so technically proficient. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he's one of those guys I wish that they would start almost doing like kind of what they did with the, the Dean Malenko's and Chris Jericho's and WCW. Mm-hmm. These guys of a thousand moves. Yeah, yeah. Type of a stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make it a gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, well, make it an excellent of execution, Mr. Perfect type of a thing. Right, right. I just do things better. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And, and I think they could really go somewhere with that. Yeah, he's got that that facial expression that lets you know he thinks he's he's 
more impressive than you. He thinks he's cooler than you. He, he's And he can do it all with a look. Exactly. I love it. And so putting and, him with Paul Heyman was genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, but Cesaro, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, too. Mm. He, he is... He, he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that uppercut he throws. Yes. Oh just, my just, just his uppercuts in general. Yeah, the European are, uppercuts. Are really good. Yes. But when, when he when he does that press where he throws the guy up in the uh-huh. air and then catches him with yep. the uppercut on the way down. Yep. Holy cow. Or when he times it perfectly to drill someone who's hurtling at him off the top rope or with a spear or whatever it is. He he can he can hit those with precision every time. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great pick. Number seven for you. You know what? I'm I'm looking at my list and I just remembered somebody. Okay. And I'm like, holy cow! How did I how did I not write this guy down? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to go with this guy now. All right. <laughs> Because I just I just remembered I'm like holy cow and you know what did it is we're talking about him Cesaro being able to hit that move with precision from different angles and that's <laughs> and that's what popped me for this guy because this guy is when when he's on uh-huh. and they're booking him right uh-huh. holy cow <laughs> this, this guy is just scary almost and uh, I'm just gonna jump right into it it's Randy Orton. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because when when they're booking him right, and one he's got the most perfect matchup of entrance music and person ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Undertaker. Yeah. But after that, his his entrance music perfectly describes his character, and he hates it. <laughs> he he hates both of his his entrance musics that he's had, but you're absolutely right. It, that is, I mean, the voice is in his head. I mean, it's perfect. It's exactly. the right pacing. It's it's like someone knew who this character was going to be and wrote the perfect song for him. Yeah, it's, it's and, fantastic. Yeah, and then his ability to hit the RKO mm-hmm. from anywhere, right. Literally anywhere, mm-hmm. and the timing that has to be spot on for that to work, and he has—I've never seen him miss it. Yeah, I—I've seen him miss it a couple times, but he's got such creativity in in the many ways he's tried to do it that you cut him slack for missing it a couple times. Right, because he's hit some that it's like, how did that actually happen? Uh, yeah. Just yeah, amazing amazing ability to uh, really wow you with how that can come out of nowhere. And admittedly, he, he took that from another guy um, that who also took it from another guy, but, but DDP made that move huge doing that from a variety of different ways. Right. And, uh, but Orton, Orton's a better all around character. Yeah. And like you said, when, when he's on, Yep. And they just let him go dark. Yep. Holy cow. Absolutely. That dude brings it to a whole nother level. <laughs> and he does it well. I think my favorite part of when he's doing that is when he's he's doing a promo and he gets all psycho. Yep. And he does that little kind of the eyes just real quick just kind of roll back in his head mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah. you know but it's like oh he is he is so it's 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 almost and i hate to put it in these terms but it's almost sexual mm. where he is he is so envisioning what he's going to do mm-hmm. where it, it's almost like he's almost in a in a uh in a point of ecstasy yeah over it, and those Freaky eyes just kind of roll up a little bit, and then yep. he comes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just... I, I loved when they had him doing the punt. I, I oh thought yeah, that was just awesome. You need a guy to go on vacation for a month. Let's bring him out and have Randy Orton punt him in the head. Like I just, I loved that as as his thing. But you know, the whole concussion thing and all of that. But right. But I, I loved that. I thought it was great. For my eighth pick, 
I am going modern again. This guy, I, I picked the guy who I think is probably the best worker out there today. And I, you know, there's there's arguments for really furry guys or uh, or that kind of thing. You know, guys with uh, Pepsi tattoos. I get it, but I like I, I'll take Cesaro for that. But this pick is the guy who I think is the best talker that is currently in wrestling or at least in the WWE. I haven't been watching uh, Impact much. But this guy has completely <laughs> uh, lived out his character as far as you you can't tell he's acting. And so much of the time, these guys come out there and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a reason you're not in movies. This guy, you would almost swear was that character if you hadn't seen him before being really terrible, quite honestly, uh, really boring and, and, you know, just like, when is this guy going to be off, off the TV? But now when he comes on, when I'm watching WWE network with my family, everyone stops, everyone listens. My six year old stops talking to listen to Bray Wyatt. Oh Yeah. Yeah, what he's doing right now is phenomenal. It, it's it's he just can't do any wrong right now. No, he he just can't, and and he, and he doesn't even have to win matches, mm-hmm. and he can do no wrong, right? And and quite frankly, is is as freaky as his promos can be. Mm-hmm. That move he does in the ring where he pops up into that bridge yes. and starts it comes out of nowhere it does you can't even see the guy prep for it and all of a sudden boom he's up and then he starts walking around like good night because yeah. this is a guy that's got to be pushing 300 mm-hmm. pounds he's a big dude and so athletic oh, it's incredible yeah <laughs> but his promos oh my goodness chilling gripping you have to hear every word and every tone and Every little giggle, just amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, his promos remind me of Mankind. Yeah, I can see that. When Mankind was, especially early Mankind. Yes, yes. Yanking the hair out Mankind. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, it's it's a different feel, but it's in the same vein, where it's just this whole disturbed psyche. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. What is this guy capable of type of a deal? Yeah, it, it's Waylon Mercy done right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great pick. Number eight for you, I guess. Number eight for me. I'm going to go old school Okay. on, on this one. Um, sometimes you just need a guy that that's just going to go out there and have a fight. <laughs> he, he's just going to go out there and no matter as technical as you want to be, and he can be technical. But sometimes you just need to have a good fight. You know, something is just going to, you know, pure six brawl, whatever you want to call it, you know, where no matter how it starts off, you know, okay, eventually something's, someone's going to get pushed too far and it's just going to be a brawl from there on out. <laughs> and, and this guy was, was pretty good on the mic. I, I think by today's standards, he might not be, is well respected for it, but in his time, in his time, he was he was cutting edge. Okay, he was so cutting edge that he was the first guy to get his own talking segment. <laughs> and it, it's it's got to be hot rod. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think he does get a lot of well deserved credit for for his speaking ability. Uh, they bring him back, and he gets huge pops when he does his, his Piper's pit and, and it's all, it's well-deserved. The guy seemed like a lunatic and yet it was just all genius character work. I mean, maybe he's a lunatic too, but it came (laughs) off as genius character work. And, and yeah, he knew how to put together a match, especially as a heel that made you want to watch all of it. You wanted to see him get beat up so bad by anybody. 
shut this guy up, please. He's such a jerk. He was amazing. He was ahead of his time, really. And I mean, I think if if he were around in his prime today, I think he'd still be a big deal. I think he, his his promo work and his his match work, if given time to develop stuff, is that good. Can you imagine what he would have done in the Attitude Era? <laughs> If, if he had that amount of freedom, oh boy! I mean, he was he was getting away with racial stuff in the era he was in. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, he he would push envelopes that DX oh didn't goodness. even think of pushing. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been phenomenal to yeah. see him be able to cut loose at that level. Yeah. Oh, so good. That's that's an excellent pick. I love that pick. Piper's and he great. was a guy that could get it done in the ring too. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. And I mean, when he when he first started, he was a, he was one of those guys that Ric Flair would would say, "Hey, you know, hey, you're a young guy. Why don't you just come come out to the ring and work with me for five? You know, just give me a little workout." Uh-huh. Then he'd go in the ring and he'd get the upper hand, and <laughs> then Ric Flair would have to take a cheap shot at him and. Put him in his place, right, right, and, 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 and that's how Ric Flair would get the guy over. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, but he was one of those guys that could do that and make it look like, holy cow, this kid really does know what he's doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Because is is for he was known as such a brawler, mm-hmm. but he Roddy Piper could really technically wrestle when he needed to. Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't you don't make it in Stampede if you can't. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Piper's a great pick. Absolutely great pick. I'm going to pick a guy that, for, for my ninth pick, that is, I would say, controversial. He gets a reaction. He He's a guy who I did not like for a long time. And I saw him, I saw him in ECW. I saw him... In a situation where he had been getting cheered for for a good long stretch. And here he was up against a guy who this crowd decided they liked better. And this guy won my respect that night. When he milked that crowd and let them have so much fun booing and hating him, despite the fact that he was normally the guy that got cheers. Now, some of you, you in particular, Bill, may have put together who I'm talking about. He's <laughs> not even an ECW guy. This was an ECW one-night stand, and John Cena was in top form that night. And ever since then, I've respected how much he's willing to put out there, to let the fans cheer or boo, but have a great time interacting with him either way. I I just, I know that there's people that, that have gotten sick of, of certain aspects of his style, or, you know, maybe they're just tired of him being a top guy, but I will always respect how much he's willing to do and accept and put up with to make the fans feel like they're interacting and having a good time. I think John Cena is top notch. Yeah. I, I know you're not up on the, the current raw. Yeah, I'm not, but uh, so I'm going to just spoil this for you <laughs> because what they did last Monday mm-hmm. between him and Paul Heyman mm. was just phenomenal. Okay. It was just those two in the ring going at each other. Okay. But but it wasn't it wasn't this battle of you know them digging on each other. It was Paul Heyman doing his level best to convince John Cena to give in into that small voice in the back of his head <laughs> that just wants to tell those people to shut up. He goes, just just do it, John. Just give in. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Just give in and tell him. Tell that guy in the sixth row, you know, and he's he's pointing out specific people that uh-huh. have signs. He says, just tell that guy. Tell the guy that you've had it. <laughs> tell the tell the guy that you've had enough, and it just shut up. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and he, he gets him doing this whole Cena sucks, Cena sucks, right? Uh huh. Well, then Cena comes back at him, 
you know, at first he, he, he goes out outside of the ropes, like he's actually going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and he comes back and he says, no, so here's, here's the deal. And he, he just explains, he explains the character yeah. of John Cena, huh. you know, and just puts it right back in his face. Cause you know, Paul Heyman has been doing this whole with, with Brock Lesnar, you know, this whole eat, sleep, yeah. beat John Cena. Okay. You know, or eat, sleep, suplex, or yeah, whatever. Yep, yep. And, and John Cena comes back at him, and he explains, you get all this rationale of how this guy comes in with his son, and even though that guy hates me, his son doesn't, so he takes him to come see me. And at the end of the night, the guy come up to me and say, you know, I, I still don't like you, but I sure do love for my kid tonight. Yeah. Yep. You know, and he just goes on and on about how you know the whole make a witch mm-hmm. thing. Yep. You know, and just how he actually met this uh, soldier. The soldier gave him his purple heart. Hmm. <laughs> you know? And he says, and he, and he turns around on on, Zena, on uh, Paul Hayden. He goes, so you can sit here and. The crowd can feel however they're going to feel. Hear how it is for me. You know, I like being John Cena. That's what I do. I eat, sleep, beat John Cena. Eat, sleep, beat John Cena. And he just, you know, you can can do whatever you, you can say whatever you want to say. But the thing is, is that that's who I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and, oh, it was just phenomenal. <laughs> you know, not even because you know Paul Heyman. Yeah, uh, and, what, and what he brings to the table, right? But uh, that that whole thing right there, where John Cena just explained not only his character, mm-hmm. but kind of like how Hulk Hogan talks about being Hulk Hogan now. What yeah. Hulk Hogan did for him on a personal level. Uh-huh. John Cena had that opportunity to explain it while he's still John Cena. Yeah, you know, yep. to explain that this this character that I played isn't a character anymore. <laughs> it's become who I am, and I like being that guy. Mm-hmm. So you tell Brock what you know, and, and you know whatever. Someone's getting getting beat down next week, <laughs> so you better hope he shows up. Because if he doesn't, it's you. <laughs> and that's the segment, you know. That's and, awesome. Yeah. You know, and talk about, you know, again, powerhouses. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you talked about Cesaro walking around with a big show. Mm-hmm. Cena. <laughs> yeah. Cena had did, big show did, and another guy. Big show and Edge. <laughs> You know, and poor Edge, he, he had to find a way to get out of that way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, because he's on top of the big show. Yeah. And he has to find a way to move, <laughs> mm-hmm. to let John Cena do the do the move, but yet don't have big show land on you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, because that would not have been a good, that would have been a bad day at the office, as they say. Don't die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. You know, Rick, Rick Flair shows the story that the first time he saw John Cena, he goes, I knew this kid was going to make it hmm. because he did whatever length match he had and he wasn't breathing hard. Mm-hmm. And I say, here's a guy that can go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And he has. I mean, you can say whatever you want to about the five moves of doom. Right. Say whatever you want to about how well he sells things or doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think he's gotten better at it, quite I frankly. Too. I do too. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising that John Cena is the ninth pick of this draft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I let him fall that far because I figured he he would be safer to let fall than some of these others, other picks. Right. But he wouldn't be the ninth level star in my company. Right. No, he he evokes way too much pop from the crowd. Absolutely. To have that happen. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) One direction or the other. (laughs) Exactly. 
and sometimes both at the same time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, number nine for you. Number nine for me. Hmm. Man. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy, again, that, that, that brings it in the ring, is known for bringing it in the ring. Mm-hmm. And was 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 pretty good on the mic too, and and sometimes it was just either either he was just psychotically intense, or he was belly laugh hilarious, <laughs> depending on depending on how he was at the time, you know how he was being booked yep. and what they were doing with him. Yep. But uh, yeah, this, this guy. Um, there's not a whole lot more you can say about him. He was he was good either way, you know whether he was making your belly laugh or just just getting just up in the intensity level to the nth degree. Uh huh. I'm, I'm gonna my ninth pick is gonna be Kurt Angle. Oh, Kurt Angle! How did I forget Kurt Angle? Well, because he's been in TNA for the last decade. Yeah, that's how you forgot about him. Kurt Angle was one of the Kurt Angle probably would have been my second pick. Had I considered Kurt Angle, that's how much I think of him. That guy <laughs> was an amazing worker. He was solid on the microphone, and again, like you said, if it's the intensity route, even better as the comic heel. I loved Kurt Angle. Oh, what a great character! What an amazing athlete. Obviously, no surprise there. He he proved he was an athlete before he even got into professional wrestling. But that guy can can do stuff that that just blows you away. I, I wish he would land a moonsault, but <laughs> it's the one thing he can't do. Yeah. It's 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 like it's like Ric Flair climbing to the top rope. Right. When when he why? finally why, why would you do that? <laughs> but I mean Ric Flair did, when he finally landed a double axe handle, the place exploded. <laughs> right. And it you know, was, here's the thing. Back in the day, he used to. Yeah. He used to, but then it got to this point where, well, this is just a spot where the other guy had to turn the tables. Right. It's, and it's, that became the formula for his matches for <laughs> a long, long time. Right. So yeah, when when he did finally hit it again, he, yeah, the place went nuts. Fortunately, but, they yeah. did it in a place with a smart audience. So exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I am ridiculously upset with myself that I did not think of Kurt Angle. So no, I started to hear rumors that he might be coming back to the WWE. Okay, I I, so I haven't seen him for so long that I don't know if he can still do it to the same degree. But man, what what an amazing, amazing wrestler, promo man. I mean, you you could let this guy carry a company. He's that good, right? And he's ninth. Yeah, I it, <laughs> yeah, and he's ninth. But yeah, just uh, what he could do. You know, in the ring, outside of the ring, on the mic, he had to be—he had to be part of this <laughs> for me. Well, I thought you were talking about someone else Uh-oh. when you were when you were talking about this guy, and it's my next pick, ah. I, my last pick. So I was getting nervous because I, <laughs> I really would like to have this guy. He's—he's a, he's a guy who definitely had intensity. He—he he wasn't as good of a promo guy as Edge. As, sorry, that's my guy. Um, <laughs> let me back up and. Uh, well, when you started saying that, that, that's who I thought you were talking about. I guessed Edge. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's good reason. I mean, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'll just uh, let that flop ride. But <laughs> right. But Edge was hilarious. I mean, when they had him with Kurt Angle. Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle all together. Oh, my goodness. Oh, one of the... <laughs> what a riot. Like, there's a few little skit, sketches or skits or whatever that stand out to me over time. One of them is when uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H dressed up as the McMahons. And right. Shawn Michaels is doing that backward skip all over the uh-huh. ring. 
like that was amazing. I will always remember that one. Another one that will just always be there for me is angry Kurt Angle in a locker room, just getting driven crazy by Edge and Christian playing entrance music on a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's the one you were talking about, and it still makes me laugh. Oh. Just just saying it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now do mine. Now do mine. You think you know me? You think you know me? Like it's... <laughs> one of the funniest sketches ever done in wrestling, and and Edge was behind it, and yet Edge was. One of the main factors, it was him and Jeff Hardy, largely, that made TLC matches shocking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the impact with which he would hit moves. I mean, he he was known for hitting that spear really well. I mean, so many guys don't, don't do the spear very well. Edge hit that spear like he was being shot out of a cannon. And... I mean, you didn't have a choice whether you were going to sell it well. You were doubling over because Edge just, you know, hit you at a thousand miles an hour. And, but he would do that with a lot of his other moves too. I mean, just everything with this intensity and speed, but precision. I I just, I was so impressed with Edge and disappointed he had to, he had to quit early. But I mean, this guy was what do you want in a pro wrestler? I mean, Edge brings it to the table. Yeah. Again, how is this guy number 10? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's incredible. But I guess, you know, there's that many good people. Yeah, there there are. <laughs> Thankfully. Or, you know, wrestling yeah. wouldn't be a thing. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, Edge, Edge is, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And in your company, he would be phenomenal again. Yeah. It's unfortunate that him and Kurt Angle are in different companies. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I blame I, you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because <laughs> if you hadn't picked him, I was going to. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Edge. Edge is so much fun, and I I would honestly, I'd rather see him doing uh, color commentary than anybody that. And I like JBL, but but I think he would be fantastic as a color commentator, S- supremely entertaining. Oh yeah, definitely. I would definitely. say I, I I would love to have either a Joey Styles or Matt Stryker and Edge team for wow an announced team. Holy cow. <laughs> you got one yep. guy who knows like ridiculous levels of move sets and can build drama, especially Joey, can build drama with you know, just just the way he talks about the match and then edge with the character piece that he would bring to the table. I I would love it. I I wouldn't care if it was superstars. I would watch that show just for the commentary. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> So, my last pick. Your last pick. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I got it narrowed down to two people. Okay. And they both came into WWE at the same time. Now, it's just which, which, <laughs> flavor, which flavor do I want, you know? <laughs> But I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in this direction. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Especially the whole we lie, we cheat, we steal Eddie Guerrero. That was the best Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> he he was just hitting his stride. Yeah. Yep. With that. And what he was doing in the ring, on the mic, yep, was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And his match finishes, yeah, were 
you watch the match just to see what ridiculous thing he was going to pull off to to be a hilarious fun finish. And yeah, it, you know, not only you know, you knew he could wrestle. He's mm-hmm. a Guerrero, right? <laughs> That's one thing you could you can't say about any Guerrero. Mm-hmm. You know, they they could wrestle, right? Now whether they could get over. Well, especially if you dress was a whole other thing. The gobbledygooker, but, yeah, <laughs> but but they could wrestle, yeah. And uh, <laughs> one of the funniest things I ever saw him do with that whole with my he was mm-hmm. in a tag match, and you know he was walking across the ring apron, and the and the ref admonishes to him, you know, tell me, you know, you got to hang on to that rope, <laughs> and he reaches into his tights. <laughs> With the scissors, and cuts the rope off, and starts walking, and he walks all the way down to the other corner, <laughs> and the ref sees him, and he and he starts admonishing him that he's got to hang out of the rope, and he holds it up. <laughs> <laughs> so now, apparently, Andy Carrero can get tagged in anywhere in the ring because yep. he's got to hold that rope. Oh yeah, that was that was the best Eddie Guerrero, without a doubt. Latino Heat was not. I, I didn't care for that. I didn't like Eddie as a heel very much. But that we lie, we cheat, we steal was, that was perfect Eddie. Yeah. It was comedy gold. And you ended up pulling for him just because he was so funny. You wanted to see more of him. Exactly. And again, you know, he could, he could get it done in the ring. Yep. The fact that it's not that he had to lie or cheat or steal. No, him. no. He it's that he wanted to. <laughs> he thought it was fun. <laughs> yep. like, what can I get away with this? That's week? right. It was an expression <laughs> of creativity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a great 10th pick. All right. Well, who? Let's let's go with who's left on our list. In rapid succession, if you had taken The Undertaker out from under me, I would have taken Kevin Nash as a big man. I had Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Raven. I, I strongly yep. considered taking Raven. Shane McMahon, just for high spots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the same yeah. token, Jeff Hardy, just for high spots. Rey Mysterio, I have on my list. Amazing worker. And then DDP, but not just any DDP. Motivational speaker, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> I loved that gimmick. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, I loved that character. Oh, boy. Yeah, some some other guys that I had. Uh, Chris Jericho. Sure. Yep. The Spoiler. Okay. Uh, Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Bobby Roode. Yes, I love Bobby Roode. Yep. Another one that doesn't get a... Cause, and I didn't even put him on my list because he didn't do nothing on the mic. <laughs> but the Dynamite Kid. Sure, okay. Yeah. Just just for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for a character. Mm-hmm. Oh, and amazing matches. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, you weren't going to see a, a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match, but you were going to see a... A really fun, impactful match. Yeah, and <laughs> but yeah, those, those were just some some. You know, you know what's amazing, hmm. and neither one of us even wrote down Hulk Hogan. No, <laughs> to me, and I was I was going to say this earlier, but the the best Hulk Hogan match that I ever saw was when he was against Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, and Shawn Michaels was ticked at him. Right. And what made that ma- match great was that Sean oversold everything times ten. Right. Hopefully yeah, the, the way he just started flopping around that ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to go back and find that match. <laughs> you, you should be able to on the WWE Network. Yeah, for it's just actually really expensive access to all these old pay per views. You can go watch great matches like Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we should probably do a quick rundown. Yep, who we've got, and then we'll talk about what we're going to do next time and call it a night. 
But, all right, my team, my roster, was Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Ted DiBiase, Sr., Rob Van Dam, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Cesaro, Bray Wyatt, John Cena, and Edge. Very nice. Yep, my roster was uh, Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Morrison, Jake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Randy Orton, Roddy Piper, Kurt Angle, and Eddie Guerrero. I'd watch those shows. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, if you want to email us at thedraftpodcast at hotmail.com, we'd love to hear your feedback, love to hear who your 10 wrestlers would be, love to hear who you thought won this draft. But looking forward to the next episode, we are going a bit of a different direction for us. We are going to the realm of television. You and I, Bill, both own brand new television shows patterned at or television stations patterned after Nick at Night. We are drafting eight television shows that have to be at least 10 years since the last one was made. And they can't be they can't be cartoons. So and they can't be cartoons. They cannot be cartoons. So okay. it's it's wide open. There are a ton of shows that stopped being made 10 years ago or more. <laughs> but uh, what would we want to base our network off of? Eight eight shows. So, oh, I, I got three picks right in the top of my head already. Yep, I, I thought this was <laughs> this was a an area you would uh, you would have a very distinct set of tastes on, and mine are probably going to be somewhat different, but there might be some overlap. But I thought I thought it'd be a fun direction to go. So we will okay. uh, we will see where that takes us next time, but. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the draft episode eight. We'll uh, we'll and nine because Bill uh, doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to split this episode into two. Yeah, this is awfully long. Yeah, I was looking at the time run. <laughs> yeah, yep. So, thanks for listening to episodes eight and nine. We'll be back with episode ten in a couple of weeks. <laughs>